And again, here I am again, God, it's me. Like he doesn't know who you are. Here I am coming back. You said I could. I'm going to hold you to your word. It's amazing how many people we run to can't help us and why we fail to run to the one who can. Again and again and again. Thank these precious folk walking down. They did a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful job. We appreciate Pastor Mike directing all of them under <clears throat> his vision and direction, our media team, audio, audio team, and all of those that are singing, the choir that's getting back up and going. For those who were here for Open House yesterday, I'm sure they'll say some more about that. We certainly praise the Lord for it. And we ask that you'll continue to be in prayer for all of our folks. Pray for the Pearsons this week. They'll be headed down to Texas. Our son Jadon is graduating, and so we're excited about that. He just went away from military, and he's gone through the tough part. Amen. And so we're praying for them that God would give them safety. God would do a great work. Last Sunday evening or so when we came to church, uh, I got word that uh, Brother Brian Miller had uh, was having appendicitis and had the appendix taken out. And the surgery went well, and I was to my surprise. He's sitting in here today. Well, God bless you, Brian. We're glad that you're feeling better. We praise the Lord for that. I, I didn't notice him until we got started singing about the Father. He was waving his hand. He said, I ran to the Father last Sunday. Amen. And we thank the Lord that God took good care of you. Let's never take God's goodness to his people for granted. All that God is doing, so many of our folks are battling sickness and, and bereavement and struggles and difficulties. Only God could deal with all of us at the same time and make each of us feel like we're the only child alive. And so we thank the Lord. I told you about Ms. Dawkins. She went to the emergency room the other day and went to the hospital. Got word from her. She's out of the hospital. We thank the Lord for that. And you continue to lift her up for the, for the Lord. That God would touch her body. And the doctors run tests. And, and we thank God for doctors. God uses them. But healing comes from God. Amen. And we, we lift her up before the Lord and all she's dealing with and every single one of our folks. All right, Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter number 1 in the Word of God today. If you have a Bible, say amen. amen. If you don't, it's no big deal. We're going to make sure everybody can see the Word of God. Don't go to a church that doesn't want you to look at your Bible. Let me say that to some of you so I can change your plans for next week. Don't go to a church that doesn't want you to look at your Bible. Don't go to a church that doesn't use the Bible. Amen. You don't, you don't come to church here about politics. Don't you have cable? Amen. Don't come to church to get entertained. This is Washington, D.C. There's plenty of entertainment around here. We come to church to get fed, fed from the word. Amen. So we want to look at the Bible, make sure the pastor is preaching the Bible. And nobody preaching it would be insulted or threatened by you checking him out. Anybody that wants you looking in on them is worried what you're going to find. Amen. Paul and Timotheus, the servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are at where? Philippi. That's why the, the name of this book is what? Philippians. Written to those in the city of Philippi. Amen. To the bishops. Bishop is another word for what? Pastor. It's another word for pastor. Elder is used in the Bible. Bishop, pastor. 
elder. Three different words, same office. Everybody understand that? Bishops and deacons. We're going to ordain a deacon next week. Two offices in the church, pastor and deacon. Those are the only two offices in Scripture. That doesn't mean they're the only two functions in the church, but those are the two official offices in the church, the pastor and the deacon. The word deacon in the Greek is the word diakonos. You know what it means? Servant. That's what it means in the Bible. These churches have they just run away with all kinds of terminology that's convenient. A deacon is the one that does this. There are things that deacons do, but at the core of a leader is a servant. Amen. Now, we're getting there. Number, verse number two. First word. Be under. All right. The you is who? Philippi. But the you is also who? Us. And what? Amen. How many of you thank God for grace and peace? From where? From whom? God who? Yeah, what are you just seeing? We run to the what? Yeah, why? Because he's got grace and peace. And now, the grace and peace that God gives us, amen, is financed or paid for by whom? From the Lord Jesus Christ. There's an acronym, and now I'll let you be seated after I pray. There's an acronym for grace. You want to put it in your notes when you get some time. God's riches at Christ's expense. Good word for grace. God's riches at Christ's expense. Amen. Amen. Aren't you glad God is rich? Amen. Amen. And Jesus paid for it on the cross. That's grace. So everything you get that we talked about last week, how you sing, how you speak, how you suffer, how you supply, how you stand, how you serve, how you are sustained, how you are sufficed, amen, everything that you need comes from grace, and that grace comes from God through Jesus Christ. Aren't you glad the Godhead is working together? God thought it, Jesus bought it, the Holy Spirit brought it, Satan fought it, but you and I still caught it, amen, amen. by the grace of God. Let the church say amen. Father, add thy blessing to the reading of your word. Use it and use me. I can't do anything. I can't do anything. I can't do anything to help these folks unless you help me. Now, Lord, help me. And I pray if anyone doesn't know Jesus, has never had their sins washed away, never experienced saving grace, I pray that one would get saved today. Do what you do, God. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. Let's look at verse number 9 very quickly because that's the theme for this, this year, 2024. You see it, verse number 9? And this I pray that your love may abound, yet say it with me, more and more. Say it with me, more and more. Say, Pastor, verse number 9 is the theme. Why aren't you in verse number 1 and 2? Because 1 and 2 come before 9. Huh? I mean, if verse 9 was important, why didn't Paul start with verse 9? Verse 9 is the culmination of what he's saying. Verse 1 and 2 and all of these others are leading up to what he's saying in verse number 9. So here's our goal for 2024, that we're about more and more. Say with me, more and more. Come on, talk to me. More and more. I mean, just that it continuously, in motion, progressively is developing in the way that we are overflowing abundantly more and more. And the context, Philippians chapter 1, is that your love might abound more and more. We're not limiting our more and more to just love because if there's anything good in your Christian life, you want it in 24 to abound more and more. Am I saying amen? If you're doing, by the way, if, you, if it's not good, you don't want more and more of it. Let me say that again. If it's not good, you don't want more and more. It's February already. 
February. Have you already got more and more of some stuff in January that wasn't good in December? Huh? I mean, if it's bad in 2023, you don't want more of it in 2024. Amen. I think sometimes we're increasing in the wrong areas and decreasing in the right. Are you listening? I'm saying we want our love to abound more and more. So this is what Paul is dealing with us here in Philippians chapter number one. And he begins with this introductory greeting. In other words, before he gets into the meat of more and more, he's going to greet. All right. Before he gets into the meat, he's going to greet Paul and Timotheus. They're writing to to the saints in Christ Jesus. So he begins with a self-classification. That's who I am. I'm a servant. He writes to the specific congregation. These are the folks at Philippi. I said several weeks ago, I'll repeat again, Paul, the apostle, believed in the significance of the local New Testament church. He understood that if God was going to reach a lost and dying world with the gospel of Jesus Christ, that God was going to do it through the means of the local New Testament church. Now, that's a good thing for us to hear this morning because today we are sitting in a building. But we, the people, are not just a group of people gathered together because we have nothing else to do. We're not here just to punch the religion clock today. We're not here just to get our week started off on a moral good foot. We are here because congregated in this building is a local New Testament church. Philippians chapter 1, the church at Philippi, 5811 Hoffman's Lane, the church at Crossroads. We are Crossroads Baptist Church, and Paul wrote to Philippi, so Paul is writing to us, to all the lay people, all the lay people, that saints, and to the acknowledged leaders, the bishops, and the deacons. He said, I'm talking to everybody. He gives a stated consolation. What is he saying to the people at the church at Philippi, what is he saying to the folks at Crossroads? He says, here's, let me, let me give you some consolation. Now, now, we think that in 2024, we are the only generation that live in a world of wickedness. And I'd like to remind you that the world started getting wicked from the day Adam and Eve sinned. Listen, and sin has been spiraling worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. I mean, the fall of man happened in Genesis chapter 3. By Genesis chapter number 6, man is exceedingly wicked that God says, I'm going to destroy man with a flood. God decided he was going to wipe out all of the population of earth because of sin. By the way, in case you didn't know it in 2024, just like it was in Genesis chapter 6, God hates sin. Can I get an amen there? Now, pastor, I know that. Yeah, but if we're not careful, we will think that our tolerance to sin changes God's position on sin. No, no. Just because we do more of it doesn't mean God hates it less. Let me say that again. Just because we do more of it doesn't mean God hates it less. He doesn't tolerate sin. He doesn't have somewhat of a mild distaste for sin. He hates sin. So, so these Christians in Philippi were living in a world of sin. And here's what Paul greeted them with. Grace and peace. Grace and peace. And this is where we spent the last several weeks speaking about this. This was a foundational root, grace, charis means unmerited favor, a peaceful result, peace, that's wholeness, completeness, health, prosperity, harmony, and safety, grace, and peace. He said, I'm giving you this stated consolation, but I'm telling you it comes from a sovereign contribution. This is a unique author. God, our Father, is the one that came up with grace and peace, and the ultimate accomplishment is through Jesus Christ. So as we looked at this stated consolation, we looked at Paul giving them grace and peace. Last week, we looked at what I call a sensible 
conclusion. Watch this now. The state of consolation, he greets them with grace and peace. The sovereign contribution, it comes from God through Jesus. But what is the sensible conclusion? What do you mean, pastor? I mean, if Paul greets them with grace and peace, and Paul tells them it came from God through Jesus, then what is the conclusion of the church at Philippi as to what they are to do with the grace and peace that came from God? Through, what, here's what I'm trying to get you to understand. If God gave it to you and Paul told you about it, if Jesus is the one that gave it, um, Jesus is the one that paid for it, God's the one that gave it, and you're the one that received it, don't you think it'd be wise to find out what you're going to do with it? This is why we're here. Pastor, I don't know why we spend all these weeks on these janky people. Listen, I'll tell you why. You got a bunch of people in, in, in the Christian world that got a bunch of grace in their account and don't know how to use it. And there's a problem. Listen, there, there's a, we, we think that our only problem in life is we don't have enough. Can I tell you what's worse than not having enough? Having a whole lot and not knowing what to do with it. Somebody else say, I don't understand why these, these, you get these, these people, you got all this money, they didn't come out about the hood, they give them all this money, make all this money, they got these big houses, they got these big cars. I don't know what's wrong with you. They got everything in the world. What's wrong? What's wrong with them is, is they walked into money out of nowhere and they don't know what to do with it. And, 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 and by the way, those of us that are saved, we all grew up in the hood too, spiritually. Amen. So I didn't grow up in the hood. I, I, I grew up in a nice neighborhood. Let me tell you something. Ain't no such thing as a nice neighborhood when you lost. I'm talking about the hood. You said the Bible never talks about the hood. Yes, it does in Psalm 40. It just doesn't call it the hood. It calls it the miry clay. Amen. That's the hood. Amen. He brought me up out of a horrible pit. That's the hood. Out of the miry clay. That's the hood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And have set my feet on a rock. Yeah, that's, that's when you're moving on up to the east side, amen, and establish my goings and have put a new song in my mouth. Aren't you glad that God saved you out the hood, amen? That's what the Myra clay is. That, that's where I couldn't get out of on my own. What, what, what was I in the hood? I was dead. What was I in the hood? I was depraved. What was I in the hood? I was doomed. What was I in the hood? I was dark. What was I in the hood? I was disobedient. What was I in the hood? I was devilish. What was I in the hood? I was in damnation. But God, who is rich in mercy, wherewith his love, he saved us through his grace. That's what salvation is. God reaching down to where you couldn't reach up. Amen. Looking beyond your faults and seeing your need and giving you what you couldn't get on your own finding you when you couldn't find that's what grace is grace came to where you couldn't go grace came to where you couldn't get out of grace did what you couldn't do somebody ought to thank God for grace now what am I going to do with grace that's what we learned last week I don't have time to re-preach it again I'm just going to remind you the divine influence of God upon the heart it's reflection in a life it's unmerited favor it's God doing good stuff to me that I didn't deserve but practically Grace is not just God giving me favor to go to heaven. It's God influencing my heart so I can live right on earth. Some of you didn't hear me. God's grace is not just letting me go to heaven, but God's grace is fixing my heart so I can live right on earth. God, help us if all we are is going to heaven. God, help us 
help us to live right down here. So we learned last week that grace is special. It's not only saving grace, Ephesians chapter 2, but it's serving grace. Amen. It's standing grace. Amen. It's speaking grace. You need to speak with some grace. You sing. Amen. They just sang with some grace. It's sufficient grace. That means it's enough. It's supporting grace. I can give through grace. It is suffering grace. I can last in my suffering through grace. It is sanctifying grace. It not only gets me into heaven, it will get me living right, teaching me denying a godliness and worldly lust. I live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present. Grace will not only show you how to go to heaven, it'll teach you how to live like you're heavenly. Amen. Sustaining grace. I am what I am by the grace. Aren't you glad from last Sunday to this Sunday by the grace of God, you're still here. You're not here because of you. You're not here because of your background. You're not here because of your genes. You're not here because of your job. You're not here because of your money. You're here because of grace. But then he said, peace. Peace. Grace and peace. I mean, people, I mean, the Hebrews said that. Shalom, 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 shalom. I like them, I like them, shalom. Everybody, peace, peace. People say that to him and that. Peace. You ever notice how many people tell you something that they don't actually have? Peace, man, peace. That's all you got, two fingers? Well, it's hard to find peace, isn't it? I said the sensible conclusion. I mean, if Paul greeted me with it and he said God gave it to me, then, then shouldn't I be experiencing it? This, this is what I told you last week. The, 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 the sensible conclusion of grace and peace is this. Grace is my powerful enablement. It is God's powerful enablement in my life to do right. Good gracious alive. I mean, if, if Jesus, who hung and bled and suffered for my sins, wounded my transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we were healed, beaten, bruised, belittled, and brutalized, beyond recognition of a human being, stripped off the cross, put in a borrowed tomb, guarded by a large stone and Roman soldiers, but yet, yet, he still got up out the grave. If resurrection power brought Jesus out of the grave, and now that same Jesus has come to live inside of me through the person of the Holy Ghost of God, don't you think I ought to be able to get up in this crazy world and do right? That's what grace is. Grace is God's powerful enablement so I can do right. But this is what peace is. Peace is my practical experience. Grace is my powerful enablement, but peace is my practical experience. Peace, watch this now. Did you hear what I said what peace was? Let me remind you again. Peace, peace is that wholeness, that completeness, that soundness, that quietness, that rest, that unity. Now, now, now let me tell you, let me ask you a question. People, a whole bunch of people talking about peace, 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 grace and peace, peace and love, peace, peace to the brother, peace to the mother, peace, whatever. Listen, everybody's saying it, but I have a hard time finding people that are experiencing wholeness, that are experiencing completeness, that are experiencing soundness, that are experiencing quietness, that are experiencing rest, that exp the most stressed out people I know say folks living in the same world that lost folks I'm talking about anxious I'm talking about uneasy unsettled restless incomplete and, 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 and some of them some of them hmm some of you, some of you think 
that just a session in church is going to solve your peace problem. If, if that's what you're looking for, this would be a good time to excuse yourself. Because I don't want you to get let down. I, 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 listen, listen, listen. I studied. I prayed. I was up early this morning praying for all of y'all. I went over my notes. I sent it to the team. They're up on the screen. I've been in the Bible. I, I, I got my Bible up here. I got my notes up here. But I'm just trying to warn y'all before we get through the sermon, I did not bring peace to the pulpit. I can't hand it out. I can't just, just to, to all of our visitors, we like to give our visitors a gift when they're coming to Crossroads Baptist Church. A little box, little bags, got stuff in there from us, a little gift from Crossroads Baptist Church. We love you here at Crossroads Baptist Church. Don't get overexcited. Ain't no peace in the box. Yet Paul said in Philippians chapter 1, grace and peace. So here's the question to the beloved today. If God gave you grace and peace, if Jesus finance your grace and peace. If Paul greeted you with grace and peace, does your Christian life practically experience peace? Well, what I mean, what, 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 Pastor, you said I got grace and peace. What am I supposed to do with grace and peace? I'm glad you asked. First thing you do with peace is peace with the sovereign. Romans chapter 5, verse number 1. Here's what the peace is that Paul is talking about. Philippians chapter 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. Amen. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Anybody hear me now? I'm saying before you got saved, you and God were separated. Before you, and God, before you got saved, there was enmity. The word enmity means hatred between you and God. Listen, before you got saved, you and God couldn't get along because there was sin in your life that was not paid for. But I tell you what happened when Jesus died on the cross, was buried and rose again, and you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. You got peace. You got peace with the sovereign. Watch this time. You got peace with God. Aren't you glad? Somebody help me preach. Aren't you glad you are not? And it, did, did I hear it? Or maybe I wasn't in the same service y'all went. I thought the service this morning began with the song that said, who am I that you are mindful of me? That you hear me when I, is it true that you are thinking of me? How amazing it is. Watch this. What is amazing? It's amazing that little old me is a friend with big old him. Now listen, here's what, here's what the songwriter is saying. I am a friend of God. I'm not a friend of God because I did something for him that made him want to be my friend. I'm a friend of God because Jesus did something that removed the enmity or the hatred that existed between God and me. Now watch this now. This is one other thing. I have peace with God. Peace with the sovereign. Let me get this one. Peace from stress. Oh, get quiet on me. Yeah, yeah, well, watch, 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 watch this. Here, here, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I might hurt somebody's feelings. But you're gonna have to quit, listen, you're gonna have to quit dismissing your responsibility for not having peace because of your personality. Well, I'm just kind of wired this way. I'm a worrier. I'm stressed. My mama was a worrier. My grandmama was a worrier. My great-mama was a worrier. My great-great-grandmama was a worrier. Man, as long as I can look back, I mean, way back in, in my family, when, when I mean, my great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandmama, she was white. She was a worrier. I mean, I mean, just go way back down the line when we even changed colors. I mean, even they was worrying back there. Listen, listen, listen. I'm trying to tell you it's about time somebody break the cycle. Your absence of peace 
is not justified by your personality. Well, Pastor, you just don't know. I mean, I, I did one of those little studies on what kind of person I, well, I did one a study too on Philippians chapter 4, verse number 6. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And then verse number 7, there it is. And the peace, talk to me, of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Now, verse number 6, verse number 6, get Philippians 4, 6 for me quickly. I want you to see this I should have put this in the notes but verse number six is what verse number seven is solving here's verse number six be careful for nothing be careful for nothing now you know the word careful there verse number two because some of you are saying wait a minute be careful for nothing some of you teenagers are like see told you mom it's not that serious you always talking about be careful when you drive the pastor just said be careful for nothing I don't have to <laughs> that's not what it means the word careful there is the word we get the word anxious some of y'all ain't here, I'm talking too fast. Re-listen to it. The joke was pretty good. <laughs> Be anxious for nothing. Huh? Go to Matthew chapter 6, would you? These are not, this is not my notes, but it's just coming to me. Matthew 6. I'll tell you when I get there what verse. It's going to be somewhere around 31, 32, 33. 31. Thirty-one. Therefore, what? Take no thought. Same, same, same words. Therefore, do not be anxious. Therefore, do not worry. Philippians four six. Be careful for nothing. Don't worry. Don't be anxious. Verse number thirty-one. Take no thought. Don't be anxious. Don't be anxious about what? Thirty-one. Don't be anxious about what you're gonna what? Or what you're gonna what? Oh, what you going to what? Where? Y'all smart. You, you, you deduced it. Wherewithal shall we be clothed? I thought you were going to say, I'm thankful about what we eat, what we drink, or what we clothe. But you, you did it good, what we wear. Smart folk up in here. Watch this now, verse 34. Take no thought for what? For the morrow what? Stop worrying about what's going to happen tomorrow. Let tomorrow worry about itself. Why? Because sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Why? Because there's enough problems for today, so you don't need to be borrowing from tomorrow. You ain't even there yet. That's what it is. Now, here's what I'm going to ask every believer. How many of you have spent any time worrying about what you're going to eat, worrying about where you're going to be, what you're going to drink, worrying about what you're going to And those are, listen, those are summarizing things. How many of you are stressed about paying your bills? How many, of you spent, how many of you spent any time this week stressed because you knew it was coming up on the first? And now you think about the fifth because you, you think about grace, right? The grace period. <laughs> Y'all think the only thing I know is the Bible? I got to live in the world too. You said it wasn't late to the fifth. You think God gave you peace so you put two fingers up or God gave you peace so you wouldn't have to be worried about stuff that God's taking care of? Hmm. Preach, Pastor. Thank you. 
We need to practice. You off cue. You get it together. You all, you're all late. Come on now. You got to be ready. I gave you, I pitched, I pitched the ball right over home play. You're supposed to knock it out the park. All right. There you go. You got it. You got it. You got it. We mess up once, but we get it the next time, right? Uh, peace. Let me give you another one. Well, I could spend weeks on this. Peace from strife. <laughs> oh, I wish this wasn't in the Bible. <laughs> Romans 12, 18. If it be possible. Some of y'all love that part. Thank you for putting that in there, God, because the people I'll get along with, I have concluded it is not possible. Forget it. But the verse didn't stop there because it said this, as much as lieth in you. You got to do your best at it. You know what I found out? That when you work as best as you can, there are very few people you can't be at peace with. Live peaceably with all Christian people who do not get on your nerves, who do not get in your business, who do not ask you questions that are off limits, who treat you the way you would want to be treated, who don't lie on you, who do not gossip about you, who do not say things about you behind your back, who do not, who are not disrespectful to you, who do not cut you off, who always say thank you when you hold the door for them and treat you like a person should be treated with respect and dignity. Live peaceably with all, no, 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 he said with all men. Now I'm going to say this and I mean this with all my heart. There's not a person on planet earth I have a grudge with. And I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you I can't function that way. Didn't I say I was going up the road in two hours? So <laughs> I might as well say it because I'm leaving before y'all do. I'm going to ask them to let me out for any of y'all leave. So if y'all mad by the time you can catch me, I'll be halfway to York. Now look, <laughs> I can't be friends the way some of y'all do. Run your friends down all the time. And then get, go back and get together and act like you like each other. What kind of trash is that? Let me make sure I look around the whole building. I want y'all in the balcony. You know, I'm talking up there to y'all too. And y'all online. Old folks say, if any dog bring you a bone, they'll take one too. <laughs> Listen, you, you, keep, you keep letting somebody keep coming to you, running their friends down. As soon as they running you down to the same friend, they ran the friend down to you. You, you know what I'm trying to say. You know, why, you, know why, you know why people have to run each other down behind their back? Because they have not done with everything that lieth in them to be at peace. Avoiding people, dipping out, don't want to tell nobody nothing. Shh, don't tell them I, where I am. Don't invite them. I don't want to face them. I don't, this is foolishness. I called somebody a couple years ago and said, I didn't know you. Hey, where, you, you back up here? I didn't want to see you. What are you talking about? Ain't nobody going to make you come to church. You just want to say hi. You must have got something in you that you, you, you're not at peace with. Some of y'all don't even know there's a fellowship hall downstairs, but you know every exit in this building because you've been out all of them avoiding people. 
don't know half the church, but you know every exit here. It's a door back there behind the choir room on the side that you can go down the door. You got to step over to leave. How you been back there? Because I was passing, what's the name, at the wrong time, and I found the exit. And then they say, it's a nursery. Y'all got a nursery here? I didn't know that. But you know about that exit back there. Because you're not at peace with people. I'm talking about peace from strife. The word is strife is where we get the word factions, cliques. Mm-hmm. Any cliques in the church? Don't, don't, don't put your pen down. That ain't what I'm talking about. I'm talking about groups, designated groups that disallow others to penetrate them. I'm, I'm talking about where you've got to call over to a function before you go there to find out who's present, whether, whether you're going to, to, to condescend and, and join them. Y'all started over there yet? Yeah, who's there? Bobby, Susie, Karen? Oh, no, if Karen there, I ain't going. Maybe you need to get at peace with Karen. You might have a conversation. I'm talking about in person. Not that coward, rock, 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 chicken, social media stuff. I'm talking about looking at somebody in the eyes. Let's talk about it in Jesus' name. Let, let's let God be right and everybody else a liar. Let's, let's squash this thing. Let's, let's ask for forgiveness and, and, and give forgiveness. And let's move forward because, because peace ain't just a, a word in Philippians chapter 1. It should be an experience that I'm enjoying every day. non-speaking and all this stuff. That's the best you can do? Out there talking to people that's lost and headed to hell and living a devilish life but can't speak to people in the same family. Amen. Oh, we got two of you. He preached past and he said, swing the sword. I like you too. I'm going to give you a signal. We're going to work one out too. <laughs> Churches would be bigger if people could be at peace. Preachers ain't good at it either. I talk to them all the time. They won't, they won't talk. Preachers won't talk. won't call. Do you know him? You're friends with him and you're friends with me. What did he say about me? He said, I said, he wasn't thinking about you. And I'm not either. Life's too short. For strife, I'm, ser I'm serious. I'm ser My wife will tell you, <laughs> I just don't trip. I'm not doing it. I'm not going to be coming in. Nobody in this church, I'm trying to go around, avoid. You see me walking around looking at y'all? That's not for publicity because I don't have a problem with you. Because there's a problem with me trying to preach for him if I'm not right with you. Jesus says back there in the Sermon on the Mount, 5, 6, and 7, I'm not going to tell you where it is. I want you to find it. Jesus said, when you bring your gift, when you bring it, all, all of you that dropped your offering in the offering plate, Jesus said, leave your gift to God before you drop it in the plate. Go hit right with your brother because I don't want your stuff if it ain't right with each other. Now, now, if you're going to say amen, then put it in practice. Stop gossiping. Stop sowing discord. Stop talking about somebody to someone else and start talking to people about each other. Settle your differences. 
bury the hatchet, put a cloth over it, build a bridge and get over it, put it behind you, forgive even if they ain't said sorry, stop judging people's motives, because as much as it's possible that lie in you, live peaceably with all men, because God gave it to you and Jesus paid for it, it don't make no sense to have it in your account and keep talking about you don't have no money, use it, amen. I got to quit. I got to go. I got to go. Philippians, uh, Ephesians 4, 3. Get to give them that verse. They need that. Endeavoring <laughs> to keep the unity. Huh. You, know, you, know, you know what Paul says in Ephesians 4? In order to have peace, you're going to have to work at it. Endeavoring. I'm on a roll. Some of you married, and we can tell when you come, you're not at peace. You know why? Because you're, you're not endeavoring. Work at peace like you work at weightlifting. Work at peace like you work at shopping. Work at peace like you work at advancing in your career. Work, work at being at peace in your home as much as you work with everybody else for peace outside of. I'm just simply saying, if you want peace, endeavor to keep unity. It's worth the work. I got a couple more on peace, but peace is look. Peace took a piece out of us. We need two weeks for peace. Hey, do, I about to say do me a favor, but it's not for me. Do, do yourself a favor. Come back next week. Let's talk more about peace. And be more comfortable during the message because you've made peace with somebody between now and then. Because I do a lot of funerals. And it's hard to make peace with a person who is now a corpse. And I have found out that most of the time, the ones falling out at the funeral are the ones who had fallen out with the deceased. And I would suggest that you take what Paul stated, what God gave, what Jesus financed and experience peace. Our Father, thank you. Help us. Oh, God, help us. Use the Bible as you have time and time again to speak to hearts. We love you and we bless you. We magnify you. Head bowed, eyes closed, no one looking around. Pastor, I'm... I'm saved and going to heaven. I have peace with God. I've been saved by the grace of God. I know it. Would you put your hand up? I'm saved and I know it. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Yes, 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 yes. God, God bless you. Put your hand up. Pastor, I'm saved and I know it. I need in my life more practical experience with peace, and I need to work at it if God gave it and Jesus financed it. Would you put your hand up? Come on. I need peace. You're working. Well, I'm going to get peace in these days. Oh, no, no, no. I'm talking about what you're going to work at. 
what you and I are going to work at. Bless you. Put your hand up. Maybe you need to make a phone call. Get a hold of somebody. Say, I'm sorry. Or just, or just talk to the Lord and be done with it. It's on you. Last question. Pastor, I'm not sure if I died today, I'd go to heaven, but I'm, I'm sure I don't want to go to hell. I'm not sure if I died today, I'd go to heaven, but I'm sure I don't want to go to hell. Anybody like that? Would you raise your hand? I'm not sure if I died today, I'd go to heaven, but I'm sure I don't want to go to hell. Would you slip your hand up? So let me pray for you. I'm not going to embarrass you, call your name up. We're trying to get you at peace with God. Anybody like that? God bless you. Thank you. Anyone else? I'm not sure if I died there, I'd go to heaven, but I'm positive I don't want to go to hell. Anybody else? Yes. Okay, God bless you. Anyone else? Why don't you pray about it right there where you are? Why don't you pray about it? I mean, God wants us to, God, quit dropping these Christian terms. Peace, 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 peace. All right, peace. Come on, we got to get past terms. Start living with some experience. God. Father, thank you. Thank you for your word. Keep helping us. We love you. Thank you for, for the experience that we can have of you. Now help us to endeavor, Lord, as much as lies in us, to be at peace. In Jesus' name, and for his sake. Amen. All God's children said.